Alright, go for it. Rollin', rollin', rollin'. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. My name is Chuck. My name is Lee. And my name is Will. And today we are going to go into the 2010 film Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Starring my favorite actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, boy. <laughs> Bruce Banner and Ben Kinsley. Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Bruce Banner and Trevor Slattery. <laughs> the, <Wow>. the Mandarin. <laughs> it's an orange. <laughs> um, this is a Scorsese film. Um, Wait, this is Scorsese? Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. Wow, okay. Um. Before we get into it, what were you guys' thoughts on the film? Well, I think the first thing we do is we need to plug the controller into port one. That's the first thing we need to do. I think the first thing you need to do is realize that this is on a 10-second delay. Well. <laughs> so relax. <laughs> That's the first thing that needs to happen here. And eat your sandwich, okay? <laughs> now listen. The first thing that I want to say about this is have apologized to the two of you profusely for what happened to my setup uh, a couple of months ago when <laughs> I kind of lost everything. We actually had Chuck doing a Leonardo DiCaprio movie that got lost to time, and it's just it's not going to happen anytime soon. But I'm happy that we actually got to do this one. Um, this was a really good. This is a really good movie through and through. I would say it's it's not one of Scorsese's best, but it's one of Leonardo DiCaprio's best, which is really weird. This isn't the first time that Scorsese has played with mental illness. He did it in Taxi Driver. He did it in, arguably, he did it in Raging Bull, if you want to talk about just, like, anger issues. So I still, I love this movie. I love this movie. There are also a lot of parts in this movie where... <clears throat> If it was anybody else behind the camera, I would say that there are clear mistakes done. But because it's Scorsese, I'm almost positive that the mistakes, quote unquote, are intentional. Um, uh, I saw two one... mistakes that I I don't know if they're mistakes, but I was like, that was bad filming. Just two parts. Outside of that, I thought it was okay. fantastic. There's one that I'll bring up now and the other couple I'll bring up when we go through it. The scene where he's doing the interview or interrogation with a female patient and she asks for a glass of water, mm. mm -hmm. she's not drinking water. No. She's miming water. There's no glass in her hand when she brings it to her mouth. No. Nope. And then she puts a glass down. And then she puts the glass down. I 100% believe that something like that is intentional. Right. There's also another scene later on in the film where he's talking to the crazy person who's behind bars. From Leonardo DiCaprio's point of view, his hand isn't on his head. But from his point of view, his hand is on his head. It's doing that back and forth thing, right. which is really odd. Now, like I said, if this was anybody else, I would say, oh, this is bad filmmaking. This is You're, you're making clear mistakes. What is going on with this B-movie? But right. it's Scorsese, so... 
you, you, you can't say that. I mean, this is a guy who's been making movies since, what, the late 60s? So you can't really say that. He knows what he's doing behind the camera. So, But there's two scenes that make me question that. Okay. To a small, small, small degree. So the okay. opening scene when they're on the boat, and mm-hmm. they're at the bow of the boat, and you see all the water going by. And then the scene closer to the end when he comes up from the cliffs and the officer picks him up in the Jeep and they're driving along the road. Both scenes are clearly them in a stationary spot and a green screen behind them with video of the water and the trees going by them. And you can see that it's superimposed. That could have so easily been done in real life in both of them. And I'm surprised he did not do that. <clears throat> For at, was so, this filmed in Boston? It, w- it took place in off the coast of filmed Boston. Filmed in, filmed in Boston. Was this filmed in Boston? I don't think so. There's nothing like that in Boston area. I'm almost positive you can find an area that's like this along the Cape. Like this does this strikes me as very. But that wouldn't be Boston, Massachusetts. Yes, Boston. No. Whatever. Whatever, but those, but those, but he could have easily had filmed those two parts and have it be like on location and not on a set with a screen behind him on both of those scenes. Uh, that I'll was, grant you that. Those were the only for the level that this film was at, and everything that they did. This they they weren't skimping on this film. To skimp on those two parts was like to me that was like lazy. Those just those two scenes. You think so? I think so. Yeah, because you see when they're on the bow of the boat, they're just you can see the water going by, and it's going by extra fast. And then when they're in the he's in the jeep, and you see the trees going by, you're like, it's there's no wind in like any of their hair. His hair, his his hair is not like <laughs> he's in a an open convertible jeep, and it's just they're just sitting there. And it brought me back to like 30, 40 years, 30 years ago, like on sitcoms when they're in a thing and you see the screen going by. That's what it felt like to me in those two scenes. They did that in Pulp Fiction. Um, If you'll remember the scene where uh, Bruce Willis gets done with his fight and he jumps in the back of the taxi. Yeah. Yeah. That that the footage, the footage in the background or the footage behind them is clearly like 1970s stock footage of traffic. It's ridiculous. Right, but it's, out, it's, outside yeah, of those it's two, absolutely ridiculous. And out, but outside get, of those know, two things, though, outside of those, mean. right? But outside of those two things, I thought it was fantastically filmed. So that's oh my god! It's one of those things. It's like the Wilhelm scream. You'll never hear me complain about it because it's a novelty. So mm-hmm. anytime I see like rare projection in film, that's it's a novelty thing. So I kind of appreciate it. I understand where you're coming from. If you don't like it, I get it. But I. I have an affection for things like that. I mm-hmm. think it's cool. And and half the time I don't even see it. I kind of ignore it. And this is just one of those times. Like, but now that you bring it up, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, I when I first watched this film, actually, before I give my part, Lee, what were your thoughts? So I saw the film. I think like right after it came out. I remember seeing it a long time ago and enjoying it very much, and. Again, we watch movies that were this long ago. You know, we're, this is 12 years ago at this point, t- 2010. 
when when we watch movies that were this long ago, it, it's funny to me because my taste in movies has changed dramatic, dramatically since then. I mean, uh, what was the other movie we were talking about where my taste of, of movies – oh, I, it was probably Dreamcatcher. You know, like I watched that when it was very different, you know. <laughs> and I look back now and I go, yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, I, love on, I love on one of our podcasts he's like, it was a – fantastic film <laughs> like yeah because my memory of it it was like oh that was so cool um but uh-huh. then i'm like oh boy all right whatever um but I, it's it's hard to say like what i feel about it now compared to what i felt about it then the thing was i watched the whole entire movie remembering exactly what the twist was and going oh yeah this makes sense so this next time watching it i, I was trying to find something new and i didn't so this time viewing it, I'm like, eh, it's good. I did the same thing, and I found something new. Okay. And when I first watched it, I didn't catch on to it. This time I was like, it makes total sense. Oh, yeah, it all makes total sense. <clears throat> but just going into it and seeing that it is the most elaborate oh, hoax. It is the most elaborate hoax of the entire thing. Snakey snake. Sorry. At least he's playing it and not having like interruptions in the middle of the conversation. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're expecting us to do. You could here. just not pay attention. You're not supposed to pay attention to what's going on on the screen. You're supposed to pay attention why, to the conversation. Why are we playing Metal Gear Solid while talking about something totally different? It makes no sense to me. What would you What would you prefer? I don't know. Just a giant Just a giant screen of us. Yes. That's boring. Uh, no. Exactly. Yeah, instead, instead, let's play Metal Gear Solid, which is completely and totally irrelevant. So? That's what people watch. People do that. Thank you. Okay. I, whatever. Well, somebody loves somebody over here. There's a bunch of hearts going around. I don't understand. Yeah, it's the dog. It's The, the dog will love you. Dog, <laughs> yes. Wait. Okay. All right. Glad the dog loves you. There are hearts coming out of its butt. It's farting hearts. Wow. They're farts. Turn it off. Yeah, don't pay attention. All right. You clearly cannot multitask. (laughs) Not at 11. Watch, Chuck, neither can you. Just turn it off. No, I'm not watching it. I'm waiting to see if he's going to do anything. Talk. So I'm stuck with where we're at now. Um... So, watching it again and actually seeing the fact that all of these people are involved in this huge hoax and the reactions that people are giving him are actually, they are terrified of him. Yeah. yeah. Right. They're terrified. It's pretty well established at like the beginning of the movie that they're all like, oh my God, they're actually, wow. They're terrified <laughs> of him. And it's like... Okay, like in your first time We're watching, just gonna let him loose. What? <laughs> We're just gonna let him loose. Let We're him just, loose. Just, I think just it's gonna, gonna let this happen. <laughs> and there's okay. there's there's so many things like when you first watch it, like when I watch it again, like when they're out in the rocks and the cliffs searching for Rachel, and they're all just sitting there. It's like, yeah, no one's looking, no one's doing anything. No. They just nope, nothing's happening. You know, um, one guy throwing rocks, and just playing with the rocks. It's when you watch it for the like, it, 
when you understand with this movie, when you understand the plot and you can dig into more stuff, it actually it's not one of those things where knowing the plot line ruins the movie. It still is not at all. such a fantastic movie. And I will say that Mark Ruffalo and uh, Kinsley, their portrayal of knowing what's going on, but pretending to not what's to not know what's going on. And to hold that until the very end, I thought was they did they they were they did beautiful at it. Um, it was fantastic. The ending, the ending though is I will, we'll get there. I I do have one question about it because it does uh, it could spawn. I think some... everybody has the same question about the ending of this movie. <laughs> what do you think that is? There's only one question to have about the ending of this movie. Does the top keep spinning? Pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Yeah, it's pretty much. You think so? <laughs> yes. Does the top keep spinning? It, did he know? Yeah, that, that, that's the question. I mean, let's just mm-hmm. get to it now. Did he, does he know? Does he understand what he's doing? Like, he's willingly going away to be lobotomized. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's... Yeah, he, the, I mean, he saw the, he saw the, the, the tool that was going to be used. He... He... Um, what does he say? What does he say? Do you stick around long enough to become a monster? Or you do, do you die to become a hero or something like that? No, or do, do you th- stick th- around? Th- I wrote it down. Um, oh, cool. Do you live as a monster or die as a good man? And yeah. like clearly, he, and he's clearly like, he's he like, you know, what? yeah, I just want to end my life because it's not worth it anymore. Pretty much. I'd rather die than be, I'd rather die than but be even in this then, place. Even then, you're not really ending your life because mm. I'm, I'm, I can't imagine. Like, even if you do get lobotomized. He... Does everything really go away if you're lob... I don't know much about lobotomies. Well, he claims that... just saying, like... Well, I just happen to be a lobotomy expert, so let me fill you in. Oh, please do. No, I don't. No, not many people that we've talked to happen to be like, I don't know well, much about lobotomies. I didn't, nobody expects you to. In this film, he does claim that... I know, I know, he does I know claim that. Older... Go ahead. The big, the biggest case for like the lobotomy or or whatever is um, the eldest Kennedy sister. She was lobotomized. Yeah. What was her name? Rachel Kennedy. Sure. Was her name Rachel? Yeah. It wasn't Carol. It was it was whoever it was whoever. Well, what whatever. One of them was lobotomized, and I'm pretty sure like a couple of them said even at the end like she retained some things. Like she wasn't completely like she wasn't totally out of it. She didn't go. So full. I don't know. Wow, full lobotomized. Well, he does say in this film that even if you get lobotomized, that you still have memories because they're not just in the frontal lobe. Of course, you you still have something going on. But I'm just saying, like, even (sighs) if you go away to get, like, I don't know, I don't know, what's the end goal there? Do you just want peace? Do you want to be calm? Or my interpretation of it, he just doesn't want to hurt anybody ever again. Mm -hmm. I think that has more to do with it than anything else. Well, I think you're... Frontal lobe has a lot to do with like your short-term memory as well too. I think he's I think he just wants to forget the pain. Hmm. Sure. Like I couldn't even imagine like coming home. But they do go into that whole thing about we're prepared to take measures to make sure you don't hurt anybody again. Like like they they they, they do go into that whole thing. So they want to move. I, I truly think that he he's at his he's got all his senses with them and he is yeah. saying this just to sound sound mind and body he's going with this yeah, yeah. i i 100%. agree i agree 
Yeah. My first time watching it, I didn't think that. This time watching it, because it's been a while since I've seen it, I was like, yeah, he's definitely, definitely doing that. Um, but I my will. My first sa- time watching it, I questioned it. I was, I was considering. I was considering it, but I, ultimately, I think I decided against it for some reason. It was just the fact. I think the. I think the first time I watched it, the reason why I decided against it because you know. Mark Ruffalo didn't exactly spring into action. Like, if he actually felt like that was what's going on, I felt like his character would have done something to prevent it. But he doesn't. He just kind of stands there and lets it happen. So and like, he okay, just walks. Like, and he just walks with them. He doesn't fight. Yeah. He's not trying to go anywhere no. else. He just goes with them. So he knows. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty um, much. But I will say this. I thought DiCaprio was on point in this film. I thought he was on point in this film. So let me just understand this whole thing, because when we talked weeks or or we'll say months ago about your stance on DiCaprio, you just didn't really care for him. You didn't care for him at all. But this this movie was your idea. And this is a movie that you've seen before. I like this movie. I I've always said I like movies that DiCaprio is in. I'm not a huge fan of DiCaprio. But you're saying right like, now I like that Inception. he was on point and you in and you appreciated in, his acting, yet in this film I did. Okay. I don't remember you saying that when you said you hated DiCaprio before. <laughs> no, I said I like the mo- I I will like the movies that he plays and I just don't like him as an actor. But you like him as an actor in this. Am I missing something, Will? No. Okay. You're not missing anything. Okay. Just wanted to make you're sure. You're not missing anything. This is this is I'm not gonna say it's a problem that I have with you, but it is something that I've noticed. Your what your words don't line up sometimes. Okay, prime example: Passion in the Desert. <laughs> you sold that movie as bestiality, and there was zero bestiality in that movie. <laughs> and here we are. Here you sold yourself as a staunch Leonardo DiCaprio hater, but you've so and, far but- enjoyed. This one Two film. movies that he was in. But you've always enjoyed this one. That's why it's confusing. The, this movie I've always enjoyed. Will didn't like anything that Tom Cruise ever did. Except for except for Vanilla Sky for the longest time. That's the exception. This okay, was the, would not say this movie was not, this movie for me was the was exception, your exception for the, for the for longest DiCaprio. time. Yes. Okay. I don't remember you saying that. That's why I'm just I checking him to see. Saying, I remember him saying that this was this was an exception for. I remember him saying that okay. he liked Shutter Island. Okay. I'm just as much as a staunch anti DiCaprio person as you've portrayed yourself to be over what the two years that we've been doing this with each, with with you get with, with you. For the so most far, we've done two movies that DiCaprio has been in, and you've been like. DiCaprio was on point. DiCaprio was amazing. So I went. Like, I uh, went uh, into uh, Catch Me If You Can very skeptical, mm-hmm. and I ate crow and said that I thought he did fantastic in that film. <laughs> okay. okay. This film I like through and through. I thought it was great overall. I do. I have since I watched Catch Me If You Can and watched his progression in that film. Do I have a newfound no. respect? Kind of like. You did when you watched because we did we did Top Gun Maverick and you enjoyed that film right. for being a Tom Cruise film. I, I'm DiCaprio yeah. still DiCaprio still isn't my favorite actor. I'm not I'm still not the biggest, but I think that when I see a good film, 
I'm I'm still willing to give credit where credit is due, in my opinion. And this film, I, I don't know if it was the way that it was written, if it was the way that it was filmed, if it was you know his 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 acting was on a different scale and a different level. I wasn't a huge fan of DiCaprio in Inception. Like I, yeah. Like I, I, I wasn't. But this okay. film, I, I can see why. In this film, I really enjoyed what he did. I thought he fit the. I thought I thought he fit the the the, the part well. Um, being able to play that mental patient very well, he did. Um, and. But he was also backed up by a really good cast as well, too. The ensemble yes, in this was. was done really, really well. So he wasn't sticking out. Mark Ruffalo is Ben Kinsley. You have all these guys that are, you know, even what's her name who plays Dolores. Um, you know, there you got a bunch of these good actors that are also backing him up that make it a well-rounded film, and it's not just the DiCaprio movie. Like, even in Catch Me If You Can, you had... DiCaprio, he was like the center point, the focal point, and you had big actors kind of coming in and out throughout the entirety of the film versus one big actor the whole way through. Mm -hmm. Even Tom Hanks wasn't a focal point in that movie. He was bouncing in and out. It was either him and then Christopher Walken and then him and then Chris. In this one, you had Mark Ruffalo and Ben Kinsley the entire time with him through the film. And it, it rounded the film out and it made it a really good film. And it and it showed. I thought he shined really well in this film. <clears throat> but I've always liked this yeah. movie. I've always liked this yeah. movie since it came out. So I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Kingsley in this movie. Mm. Really? Yeah, I could have done without him. I I liked him. I thought I couldn't tell fun. you what it is. I couldn't tell you what it is exactly. I'm just I'm not the biggest fan of him in this film. You prefer as the Mandarin? Sure. <laughs> so, but let's get into it. So it starts off, um, opens up in the Boston Harbor Islands in 1954. Sure, it does. Yep. So yeah, the, the, it was it was filmed in Massachusetts. They, I, I, I figured, okay. Yeah, they said, like, Taunton. They used Taunton for, like, the World War II scenes and whatnot. And yeah, they, they, they shot it in a few places, but it was it was done in Massachusetts. Cool. Principal photography. It was filmed in Massachusetts or it took place in Massachusetts? Filmed. Okay. Um, so and took place. Teddy, DiCaprio's character, is talking himself down from being seasick. Him and Chuck played by Mark Ruffalo, are on a boat headed to the island. Can we, can we, can we start with, can I, I'm debating on whether or not I want to point out little things throughout the, I'm just going to do it. Can we just say at the beginning when they're on this boat, there are chains and handcuffs all over the place. <laughs> clearly this boat is designed to transport prisoners to and from this island, mm -hmm. like this ferry or whatever it is, and clearly like, oh, yeah. So immediately, it's almost immediate something is going on. Yes. Yes. What I also didn't get to is they're coming to the end of their trip, and he's just now meeting his partner for the first time. Which is really weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you're at the end of your boat trip, and you're just now meeting your partner. So these are the things that I saw now, since I watched it for the first time. I got the main point. Now I can start picking out these small things. 
and he's meeting Chuck for the first time. Again. Goes to reach into his jacket for his cigarettes and doesn't know where they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Chuck gives him a cigarette, and they talk, and they go in about how the U.S. Marshals are. It's a, it's a small world, and yada, yada, yada. He then has a flashback of Dolores, um, his wife, and the captain of the boat comes over, and he's like, the storm's coming, and welcome to Shutter Island. Um, sure. Sure. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, as he's getting off the boat, everyone seems on edge. Everybody seems All on edge. All eyes are on him. Mm-hmm. All eyes are on him. Everybody is focused it's on amazing. him. It's Including amazing. Including that creepy lady that I remember from the trailer who looks at him, smiles, and goes, shh. Yeah, like that's just creepy. Right. <laughs> We get a we get a quick breakdown yeah. of we get a quick tour as they're driving up to the to the grounds. We get a kind of a breakdown of the island. I think the way Scorsese actually filmed this, where they're focusing on them, and then it's like a quick, it's a quick scroll over to one to the to the ward A, and then back to them, and it's a quick scroll over to wards B, and then back, and then C, and then back. And it's not like it's just a slow pan. It's very quick. Um, I thought that was really cool. The way that Scorsese does the filmography in this, the um, cinematography in this is actually done really, really well. Um, of course. At this point, we are introduced to Dr. Colley, which is played by Ben Kinsley. Um, and he's going over all of these paintings in his office that DiCaprio was looking at. And he's going into the differences of how the psych field was back then to how the psych field is today and how they used like physical like lobotomies and pain and this. And now he's more into like psycho, like the drugs that they're using today. Well, even if you go back, even if you go back to a lot of psychiatric care back in the early 19th century, well, late 19th century, early 20th century, it was a lot of physical torture because they just wanted to snap somebody out of it. And right. he even goes into this thing where I believe he's describing some form of waterboarding. He's describing damn near drowning patients or just soaking them in, in, in ice cold baths. It's ridiculous what they would do to these people driving spikes into their brains, just anything that they could possibly do, including inflicting an enormous amount of pain just to get people to try to snap out of this uh, psychosis. Yeah. I've never really read a story where any of that actually worked. (laughs) They were actually successful and like, okay, you're, you're better now after we shove the spike into your head, you can go back about your day, sir. Have a good one. Like I've never. Wow. It's amazing. It was always experimental. And it was just people who were, you know, well, sadistic, back, <laughs> who got PhD. Back then, it was incredibly experimental. But yeah. I'm just, it's it's amazing when you and especially like this movie and the way that it builds everything up. There, it's yes, it is fiction, but at the same time, they're telling a lot of truth here about the right. way that psychiatric care was handled back, and I appreciate that. Oh yeah, I it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, Scorsese's always really been really good at this kind of thing and i i look at this and i almost it's an it's it's so akin to taxi driver it's yeah no i love it yeah well now we find out the reason why he's here 
Um, Rachel Salando, who is a patient, not a prisoner, sure, has escaped within the last 24 hours. And we get we see that Teddy for the first time gets these massive migraines. We don't know why. We don't know what's going on. But he gets nope. massive migraines. Because well, he's smoking he's smoking someone else's cigarettes and yes. taking pills. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and immediately um, Dr. Dr. Colley brings him and Chuck over to Rachel's room. They go through her room. I'm thinking it's it's actually his room. Mm-hmm. It's his room, right? I believe so. That they're going through? Yes. Because, I mean, it has to be. He's the 67th. Because they, they're going through it. Um, They find two pairs of shoes in the closet. Chuck asks, you know, how many shoes do they get? They said two pairs. Well, she must be out barefoot. And both of those shoes are still in the room. Teddy then finds this note that is, like, underneath a... Slat on the floor under the bed. <laughs> Why? How? <laughs> like, yeah, just a hunch, just a hunch. And Kinsley's like, "This is this like." He's like, "What did you find?" <laughs> and he, the law of four. Who is sixty-seven? Mm-hmm. We still don't know what the law of four is. Mm. Like that's something we never find out. I guess. What do you mean? You guess. I, I thought we did get something, and it was like that we got a piece of it. The law of four. I forgot. I don't, I don't know. I th- I thought it was something, but I, I forgot what I thought it was. Cause it, because, again, they never really came back to it, so it just kind of ended there. Right. So, Will, your thoughts. The law of four, who is 67? We know who 67 is, but who's what's the law of four? Do we ever find... Well, it gets we... explained. It gets explained at the end of the movie. Oh, oh. Four shoes. It's an anagram. It's an anagram for his name. He's using the same letters to like create what is it? Four different people? Two different people. Him and his wife. No, 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 no. No. His name is Andrew Latus. Edward something. Teddy. Andrew Latus. Andrew Latus. Right, but he goes and but, he becomes Teddy Daniels. But he goes. He come, exactly. But if you look at it, it's the same letters. Right. <clears throat> So it's an anagram, but there's also two other names. Rachel is one of the other names Rachel because there is no Rachel. Solando. Yeah. Solando, and it's yeah. his wife, Dolores Canala or something like that. So it's I her think it's maiden so name. Was Dolores, so was, I think Dolores and Rachel are anagrams for one another. Yeah. Teddy and Andrew are anagrams for one another. That's the rule of four. So it was explained at the end of the film. Okay. I did, I, I made nothing of it when I first watched it. I had right. no idea what they were going for with that. All right, so this is where we get into the detective part. They go through the events of the night before and what it would have taken for Rachel to actually get out of the building because she's outside the building. Um, they search outside. This is the part I actually wrote down a note that they're actually nobody is actually looking for her. They're all just outside in the rocks, like on the beach, Everyone's yep. just sitting there. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. Yeah. R- ready, ready for this guy to snap. To lose his mind. Yeah. <laughs> they yep. are waiting to shoot him. Yes. Can I just say how irresponsible <laughs> this entire thing is? <laughs> like, yeah, like, what is their goal here? 
this entire experiment is some of the most irresponsible nonsense I think I've ever seen, like, on the part of a psychiatrist in any movie that mm -hmm. I've ever... It's insane that, like, somebody would allow something like this to happen. Like, so you have somebody who's a war vet, a detective, incredibly intelligent, and self-admitted out doctor, one of your more dangerous patients, and you're going to let him have the run of the place and give him an endless loop and send him to find somebody that cannot be what do you what do you expect he's going to do no why is he one of their most dangerous patients because he lit a fire no because he is a well, war hero because he of is his a u.s marshal he is well trained yeah. he's smart uh but he's never shown that besides the fact that he lit a fire right he lit a fire she burnt the house down I thought he burned no, the house hang on. down. No, 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 because he, he he blew up the car. Right, but she burnt the house down. I thought he burnt the house down because she killed the kids. No, she burnt the house out on purpose. They moved to the lake house. She kills the kids. He kills her. Okay. Right. Oh, that's okay. no. But the backstory, the backstory is, he was in war. He's a war hero. He's mm -hmm. very well trained. Mm -hmm. He's a U.S. marshal. Mm -hmm. Very well trained. Like. There's nobody else like this at this facility. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is just, you know, rando on the street crazy. Gotcha. The way or he's maybe, maybe they're maybe a couple of them are criminally insane, but this guy, he's like the only one there who has any type of training that can do any kind of significant damage to the facility at all. And they they do show that in this movie. Oh yeah. So I'm just saying it's incredibly irresponsible to give this man the run of the place. Oh absolutely. He's he's slipping by security. He's smarter than all of them. Like clearly his intelligence is miles beyond anybody else that he talks to except for maybe the two psychiatrists. Uh, uh, he takes out one of them though. <laughs> He takes out one exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he takes like and he can, and he and he competes with them on an intellectual level too. And he meets him for the first time in the office. He's like, "Oh, you're German." One, mm -hmm. two. You know, he he finds out that you know defense mechanism actually means something different. But we'll get there. Um, so yeah, he's super smart. Um, so yeah, I, I just. So we're introduced to this lighthouse. Um, we don't know what it is yet. Um, it's a lighthouse. The fact that he asks, "What is that?" That right there is a is a small hole because he is super intelligent. How, how do you not know what a lighthouse is? <laughs> Unless he's asking, like, "What's it being used for?" I think that's what they were going for. What's the lighthouse being used for? Not what's that? Dude, it's a lighthouse. Like, come on. Well, but that's but, but that's the answer though. It's that's a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> unless fair, 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 fair point. <laughs> unless they're just unless they just don't want to give it away. So there's like it's a lighthouse and they don't want to give, which would be my only thought to that. Um, right. They go in. They interview the staff and they're going in. And this guy, Glenn, tells him that he was at his post all night. He didn't see a thing. And everyone's okay with it. And then DiCaprio's like, Glenn, don't lie now. And he goes, well, I did go to the bathroom for one minute. And Ben Kinsley's like, I can't believe it. Like, he's like, I can't believe you, like, went against <laughs> protocol. And <clears throat> you can they obviously tell entire, that he's playing this off. They have this entire thing scripted. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, he's pl they're all playing along. Absolutely. They're, they're all playing the part. Yeah, sure. 
But the crazy thing is, is it's not their first time all playing along. No. You, you think? He said that we just went through this. At the end of the movie, he goes, we just finished this nine months ago. Ah. Uh... And he reset. I, fir- I, I took it as this was the first time they were doing something like this on this level. They did something like, nine like, months like ago. We don't, we don't know what happened nine months prior to break through to him, but I, I, I got the feeling that like this is the first time they're going through this. Right. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's, I think that's still, that part's still left open for interpretation. Mm. Pers- personally. Because he does allude to, he came to this nine months ago, and then he recessed back into it. Which is what gives you the very next scene is you see him recessing back into it, supposedly, and then going to get lobotomized. So, I, I don't know. You could be 100% correct. I, I took it as they went through something like this before, and he recessed. Maybe he didn't. So. Maybe. Um, he asks who her doctor was, and her, they say that her her doctor was Doctor Sheehan. Um, so he asks if he can talk to him. Well, conveniently, Doctor Sheehan had left the building, left the office this morning, that morning, and went on vacation. Conveniently, went on vacation. Twelve hours <laughs> after. <laughs> so right for the and these these are the parts where I get a little confused is being as smart as he is, when you go into a giant empty room and you see one little desk and a guy pretending to make phone calls, <laughs> wouldn't you question it at that point? Yeah, a little bit. Like, it was the only thing in that room. There was nothing else going on. Yeah, kind of. So they make this fake attempt phone call to get a hold of Dr. Sheehan. Um, and then, uh, call Crawley invites him over to his house to talk at nine o'clock and DiCaprio's like, aren't we talking now? Or no, other way around. So we can talk and, and the Crawley's like, aren't we talking now? And then when he goes to the house, they, they, they're brought into, and you're introduced to Dr. Is it nearing? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. No idea. No idea. <laughs> Um, and this okay, is the guy, and this is the guy who's having conversation with them, and he's like, "You have outstanding defense mechanisms." Yeah, um, he is having flashbacks of the war and being in concentration camps. It was a concentration camp, correct? Yeah. The, um, the barbed wire. They were because I mean, it was obviously World War Two. It's World War Two, and they're killing a bunch of Nazis. I don't know if it's a concentration camp. Well, you see the guy, the, the people be. all outside with the, their hands on the barbed wire and everything going on. Right. Um, yeah, and he guess, realizes that right. this doctor right. is, a, is a German. I forget. Does he call him a Nazi? I don't remember if he does or not. He doesn't call him a Nazi, but he's not speaking. He just recognizes that he was a German and that he, he starts possibly speaking. he was in the war and starts speaking to him in German. It's, it's implied that maybe he was a Nazi, but never, like outright said. Right. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Although, mm-hmm. although if you if you're, 
if you're looking at it from the standpoint like, oh, what was it? What is it? Um, I know too much about that. Operation Paperclip, where the U.S. basically brought a bunch of uh, ex-Nazis over here to build the bomb. Mm. Like, if you want to look at it from that standpoint, yeah, sure, fine. But there, he's not building a bomb. He's just a guy, yeah, a psychiatrist. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Perhaps. I was under the impression, <laughs> I was under the impression that he was either implying it or had an issue with it or something. I don't know. Um, but in this moment, he actually has a flashback of a commanding officer in the German army who is basically bleeding profusely. He's bleeding out. His face is ripped up. He's reaching for his gun. He apparently tried to kill himself and failed, um, which took him an hour to die. Um, and you see DiCaprio's character just sitting there watching this guy bleed out and die. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty gruesome scene. Um, and then pretty malicious about it too, like the way that the German, well, the way that the Nazi is reaching for his gun, and Leonardo DiCaprio just kind of calmly moves the gun away with his foot and just watches him die. Yeah, it's yeah, it's rough. It is definitely rough. <laughs> um, so now they're they're <laughs> they bunk him up with the orderlies. Why? <laughs> protection no. no they're all scared well, of him hang on there is somewhat of an explanation for this when he's first talking to uh the lead psychiatrist uh, ben kingsley's character he does say i'm getting a headache do you have an aspirin and he gives him a pill we mm-hmm. don't know what that pill was right it could have been a sedative there's no so maybe maybe they're they're bunking him with the orderlies because there's no harm. He he took his sedative, he's gonna be out. Like it's something to consider. True. That makes sense. Or it's a massive oversight and you have every reason to complain about it. Or there's that. I'm gonna go with yours because it will actually it carries with it. <laughs> and Chuck okay. is with him the whole time too. Yeah, that's true. So that's you know. True. But now it's dream time. He dreams of Dolores. Um, she's the one telling him that Rachel is still there and that she never left. It's weird. This whole scene is weird because there's ash falling around the room. They're in their old apartment. The ash is falling on the room. Um, you, she's always in this yellow flowery dress. And then she walks to the window and her back is like blown open. Like it's just burnt and whatever. Yeah. Um, he comes over, gives her a hug from behind. They're talking. Um, she tells him that latest is there. Who's latest? Well, he puts his arms. Then he put, then he starts to hug her. And then she starts bleeding from the stomach, and then she becomes all like she starts dripping with water. It's all weird. She's like, "Let me go, you gotta let me go," um, and then she just becomes a pile of ash. He wakes up, and the rain dripping from the roof because it's like it's a hurricane outside. Basically, is actually what's he's feeling in real life that's presenting itself in the dream. Right. I thought that connection was really cool, how they did that. Like, his hands were wet in the dream, and he wakes up, and he's drenched. Right. Because he's getting rained on, basically. Um, The storm is just continuously getting worse. 
Um, he was planning on leaving the next morning because he, before the, he even went to bed, he told them that, you know, they all agreed that she's dead because of the storm. He's not going anywhere. And so this adventure of him looking for her is over. Um, the investigation is over. So he was planning on leaving the next morning. Well, the next morning, the storm's just worse. There's no ferry leaving the island. Um, we don't realize until later on that Kinsley and the other doctor actually control the ferry. Like, it's not just an independent ferry that's going back and forth. He controls everything. Um, right. And now he doesn't he, immediately question this. <laughs> like, nope. But now he wants to find out more about Rachel because Dolores in his dream said that she was still there. Okay, who doesn't catch on by now? Uh, hmm. (laughs) What's going on, Lee? Why are you so quiet? (laughs) I'm just, I don't have anything to add. Okay. I agree. And, uh, yep. Who doesn't catch on by now that something's going on with this guy? Uh, no idea. With okay. with with DiCaprio? Yeah. You, you talk about like he's having weird dreams, he's waking up in cold sweats, he's taking pills. When the you doctor s- and the warden or whoever is in control of this ferry, he went anyway. He doesn't know about his cigarettes. He's this is the first time that he's meeting his partner and he's openly trusting him and l- like I just opened up with he's op- he's waking up in cold sweats and having really weird dreams about his wife or or some woman, you know, falling apart in ash. Like who's not looking at DiCaprio with a crooked eye at this point in this movie? You talk about the people watching the movie. I'm talking about well, I'm talking about yes, yeah. yeah. So like people like us, like actually watching not not the not the characters in the film because they all know what's going on, right? But us watching it, yeah. I started my first time watching. I started questioning it. It's like well, this guy's okay. tripping. That's all. He's tripping. That's all I wanted to say. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to add. Um, so he begins to interview with some patients. He starts with Peter Breen. This guy is off his like he's off his rocker. Um, yeah. And he's got some wild ideas. Yep. And yeah. DiCaprio was like, you know what? I'm just going to set this guy over the edge. And he grabs a piece of paper and a pencil <laughs> yeah. and starts scratching the paper. And this okay. guy is losing his mind. Absolutely. Now, I love it. Again, I'm going, this is the most irresponsible hospital <laughs> in the world. <laughs> like, okay. Yep. Yes. You, the patient, we are going to allow you to interrogate a, another patient. Sure. No yeah. problem. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yep. I just don't get it. Okay, you don't get it. Nope, I don't get it. But it's a movie. And <laughs> You're right about it. that. It's a movie. Um, next is Bridget Carnes. This is the girl who drinks the water but doesn't really drink the water. She's a chain smoker. She killed her husband with an axe, but everyone seems to think that she is just so normal. She's like, yeah, I'm normal for someone who killed my husband with an axe. For, she, I mean, she, for yeah. beating her and banging everything that moves. <laughs> I mean, she presents... She killed him with an axe. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, she, the conversation that she has, she sounds like she's 
all there. Yeah. Yes. Not like the last guy. No. No. But well, she's no. not all there. Oh, no. <laughs> no. The last oh, no. guy had delusions of grandeur. <laughs> <laughs> For lack of better words. The last guy had some really, he had some really wild and far out there ideas about women and what they wanted and what they wanted from him. Mm-hmm. This one just, you know, killed her husband. Sure. Listen. The I don't I don't understand the water, I don't understand the water in the glass. I don't get it at all. Why? Why? Why make that decision? Why is she miming this? And then putting an actual glass down, and then putting the exactly, and then putting the actual glass down. It would have made more sense if she never picked up the glass to begin with, and the glass was just on the table, water unmoved. Mm. But no, she put she mimics mimes drinking the water. No glass in her hand not in this one, scene. Not, nope, not a single but Then piece. immediate puts the glass on the table. What is Scorsese doing? Why? Mm. And you don't think it was a you don't think it was an accident? No. Hmm. No, not for a minute. Unless he was just trying to show like the trippiness of this film. But it's not trippy. Mm-hmm. It's not tri- if 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 DiCaprio was like awake and trying to differentiate between like dream world, real world type thing, like Inception. If it was that, yeah, fine, do whatever you want to and show how trippy the movie is. But the movie isn't that. It's there's a very clear distinction between his his dreams, his delusions, and reality. There's a very clear line there. And then you have something like this where it's, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, I can't tell you why he made that decision, okay. but but he did. Okay. Well, they go. The next scene is they're going off to a cemetery to find a body. I did miss this part. Do you remember what who they were they were looking for? Uh, nope. I feel like they just went they out find for a, what, a what body. What They're going about? to look for somebody. So he goes to a cemetery. He's like, "This is the perfect place to find a body." Unless they're looking for Rachel. Yeah. No, they're no, they're looking for. Okay, so th- they're they're having the conversation about the real reason why uh, he's there on the island, and it's because he's looking for the guy that that killed his wife. Yeah, he thinks there's latest. a guy on the Looking island that latest. killed his wife. So, guy kills his wife, gets sent off here, gets sent off there, released, and then ends up on the island. And because he's a U.S. marshal, he finds out about this, and he's there for that reason. And where where's a better place to hide a body other than a cemetery? Hey, so right. there we there we go with that. So he he ends up showing Chuck because Bridget actually takes his notepad and writes something on it and gives it back to him, and he actually shows Chuck that Bridget told him to run. On the notepad. Um, Wild. Good. good run. Great. Makes no sense to me. Great. To be honest. Nope. What, why? Zero. Why? Well, She story- knows he's crazy and she's trying to help him. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Like, uh, you're a patient like me. You you were playing checkers with me the other day, so I'm going to help you out and tell you to run. That's mm-hmm. basically <laughs> what this is. Which, if I was in his shoes, I would try to. He's got Run? free. He's got free reign of the entire island right now. Like which, which boggles my mind. But um, at this point, the storm is getting crazy. Worse, trees are falling, branches are falling, and they find shelter in an old what can only be a tomb. Um, 
This is where you have another flashback of the war. He is telling Chuck what's going on. You know, just more instances of where, where he came from, his backstory. Um, and then Chuck says a great line. Crazy people are the perfect subjects. They talk and yet no one listens. Of course. It, it's, you know, and later on in the film you see that someone is talking about how when you're when you're deemed insane, no matter what you say, it just fits in with your insanity. So there's no way out of it. And a movie that actually covered that was Gothica. Gothica did a really good job covering that as well, too, along with 12, 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. Like, because he, he, like, I forget. That was Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, well, Brad Pitt and, uh, well, it was Brad Pitt, but well, I think uh, Willis, Bruce Willis. That Bruce whole thing Willis. was Bruce Willis's character, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they actually really give you that whole, no matter, once someone looks at you that way and you're classified as that, there's no escaping it. it. You're, you're, yeah, there really isn't. You're done at that point. Because if an insane person says, I'm not insane, they're insane for calling themselves not insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're trapped. <laughs> Oh my god! Crazy people don't know they're crazy. They just think they're getting saner. Mm. <laughs> um, we kind of find out that his real goal is to prove what is actually going on in this psych ward and expose them all to the world. Um, sure. And what he doesn't what what Chuck says is while he was looking into them, they were looking into him. So now they know what's going on, and then they're like, "They found us because." The cops came up to the tomb and they got him. Like it's an island; they always find us. Yeah. Well, they get they get a change of clothes. Now they're out of their suits. They get put into orderly clothes, um, the clothes that the orderlies wear. Um, and they come into this meeting where Kinsley and the rest of the doctors are all having a meeting about the storm in Ward C and. Should they chain everybody up? But if they chain everybody up, then they'll all drown because that ward has the tendency to flood in areas like this. So they can't chain everybody up. Oh, I don't. I, this conversation really goes nowhere. Um, nope. Because then it gets interrupted and it says, "Good news, Rachel has been found and she is safe and sound." So. Yep. yep. First, she was dead because of the storm. Now she's found and she's safe and sound. Mm. Fantastic. Good for her. They go into Rachel's quarters. They meet Rachel. They question her. They focus on her feet because she's had no shoes and she's been out in the woods, but yet her feet are not cut up. Her feet look great. Yep. Fancy feet. Fine. Not a blemish. Yeah, they're perfect. Come to find out later on, she is... I don't know what's going on with him. Right. He's okay. so out of it tonight. Um, where, where is I? Um, so she comes over. She's like, I packed. She's. He asks her where, you know, where she was. She's like, you know, I, I packed Jim's lunch for work, sent the children off to school, and decided to take a long swim in the, in the lake. And then she starts seeing DiCaprio's character as Jim. And you're thinking that now this lady is totally insane. What we don't realize yet is that she is one of the uh one of the nurses. <clears throat> he yeah. is he's having another migraine. 
Um, so he's given some more pills and told to lie down. Um, he has another flashback of the war, and this time he is seeing Rachel, the girl he just met. Um, her and this other girl are frozen in the ground. Um, and I wish Lee didn't take off at this point, but at this point we meet Latus, or who we think is Latus, and it's actually the same character who played Casey Jones in the original Ninja Turtles. The guy with the big cut across his face. Yeah, I know. It's Casey Jones. This is the only scene he has in the entire film. It's perfect. He's he's he, the, the scene is absolutely incredible. With every ounce of his breath, he's trying to like get through to DiCaprio for whatever reason. Like, dude, you're crazy. This is you. You did this to me. You gotta let everything go. You're never gonna get off of this island. Like, it's ridiculous. Right. Lee, it, thoughts on Casey Jones? Casey Jones. Casey Jones has had his heyday, and he's he's back in in this movie, and wow, well, here, here he is for one scene, for one scene, and that's it. I mean, that was that was the first thing I saw. I'm like, oh, it's Casey Jones, and what else has he done besides like really tiny parts, maybe popping up in like an episode of CSI or. Law and Order, or you know, whatever show uses old old actors that nobody remembers anymore. I don't know, but he's here uh, to pretend to be Andrew Latus, right? Yep. So he's just in his head. So I maybe I, I'm wondering if this, this latest character just really loved Ninja Turtles, so subconsciously, you know, he just kind of manifested this Casey Jones to be Andrew Latus. Yes. Probably. Well, at this point, you see that DiCaprio's character is, like, tripping because he sees Chuck. And he's like, no hard feelings, right? No hard feelings. Then he hears screams, and he walks over, and he sees this girl, who's Rachel, covered in – like, she is covered in blood. And then on the floor around her are three children also covered in blood. The weird part about this is if you see – he's smoking a cigarette – if you see him smoking a cigarette, the smoke is actually going in reverse into the cigarette itself. Hmm. It's weird. You, Wait, what? Yeah. You have to like go back. You see, instead of the smoke coming out of the cigarette, it's actually filtering back into the cigarette. It's very weird. I missed this entirely. I don't get why they did it, but the smoke was... It was almost like it, almost like it was playing in reverse. It was really, really weird. That's that's really awkward. It really is. Um, I don't get why it happens. And she asks for help. Don't know why, um, but she asks for help. <clears throat> sure. So it's the next day. The storm is over, and the grounds are a mess. Trees are everywhere. Um, the place is just shredded up. And now we go into Ward C. Here's the crazy part is the 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 head officer when they first get onto the island he's showing them where all the wards are he said that no one gets into ward C unless you are with Dr. Crawley and myself. Well, him and Chuck go into ward C without either of them. Mm-hmm. And then they're oh, there's left another psychiatrist there. Mm. Where? Chuck. <laughs> yeah, but then they get separated. 
And he's off on his own. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. He gets the better of them. I'm not saying he gets the better of them. He gets, well, Leonardo DiCaprio gets the better of everybody in this movie, but he gets the better of the, the, the trained professional that's right there next to him that's supposed to be, like, monitoring this patient. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he believes that Latus is in, the, is in Ward C. All of a sudden, some random loose patient is, like, comes running around, tag, you're it. Um, <laughs> and this is... You're it. And tag, tag, you're it. And this guy goes it. off on how he's going to be in there forever. There's no point in going out into the real world because have you ever heard of the atom bomb or the hydrogen bomb? It doesn't explode. It implodes and all this other weird stuff. And yes, he is yeah. so scared of life because of the atom bomb that happened 10 years prior to and hasn't happened since in this situation. <clears throat> Um, Teddy is, I, I wrote this down. Teddy is left to himself to explore Ward C. Like Chuck leaves. He leaves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he just yes. leaves. <laughs> yes. Yep. Exit stage left. <laughs> and he's going down this <laughs> corridor and he's lighting matches to see his way the whole way through. Um, George noise, which he's actually talking to Chuck earlier at the cemetery about this guy how he interviewed him, he got out, he was never going to come back, but then he comes back and all of this stuff, and he's like, well, how did you know about this? The crazy thing is, is Chuck knows who this guy is the entire time. Um, they start having a... He, he sees him. He is... He blames George for everything. George is actually blaming him for everything, but he's not putting two and two together. Um, nope. And, and this whole conversation somehow is at the end of everything. When you come into the office in the lighthouse, um, Kinsley's character, Dr. Crawley, says that this here's the here is the transcripts of how that conversation went down. How does he know? Why? Why are we? Why? Why is this conversation happening? <clears throat> There's two crazy people hanging out talking to one another. Why is this conversation happening? He doesn't know he's crazy. Mm. He's thinking he's. Yeah, we inter- know he's. He thinks he's found latest, and I'm then it saying, becomes. He knows that it's George Noise. Why is it allowed to happen? We, we are. We are in a situation where we have two mental patients <laughs> hanging out in Ward C. One guy behind bars, looking like his face was chewed off. The other guy, the most dangerous inmate that you have in this facility, and they're just chatting it up. What I don't understand is why the guy who has his face almost chewed off isn't more scared of the guy who actually did it. Mm. Crazy understands crazy, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> like if, like, I am inches from the guy who just destroyed my face. And he's not well, more... at that point, what can he really do? He is he's behind bars. Like there's like there's bars separating them, so it's mm. not like this it's was, not like anything can happen. This was Jack Earl Haley's character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rorschach. And, and he played, played this part. Him. Even though it was a smaller role, he still played this part. He plays the same part in every single thing he's ever done. Wow. It's uh, no offense, but it's like I, I've never seen anything stand out from this character. He always plays somebody who's got some type of facial deformity, right? Sure. 
I I just always thought that was the way he really looked. <laughs> he looks the exact same in in Watchmen. <laughs> There's no difference. Yep. Well, Dolores shows up in George's cell, and she tells him that she has to, he has to let it go to uncover the truth, but he can't just let it go. No, there's a song about that. He just never wants to. He can't let it it. go. Nope. So now Teddy and Chuck are off to the lighthouse. And Chuck has Latus's intake form. And this is Chuck's way of trying to steer DiCaprio's character away from what's going on. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work. So he wants to go figure out how to how to actually get into the lighthouse. So DiCaprio takes off, tells Chuck to stay here. Teddy goes, realizes that the tide is too high. Can't make it to the, to the, to the lighthouse. He comes back and Chuck is gone. Mm-hmm. He looks over the cliff and he sees what appears to be a body at the bottom <laughs> of the cliff. Cigarette. Sees a cigarette. <laughs> sees, a, sees a burning cigarette. Just, just sitting there. Just laying, perfectly laying there on the ledge. <laughs> And he looks what? over, and he thinks he sees a body at the bottom. And he thinks he sees. Right. Thinks he thinks he sees this body. He thinks he sees a lot of things in this entire film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. So he climbs down this cliff. I'm sorry. You should be. He's wearing basically loafers. Yep. And and and, and he's climbing down a cliff. Absolutely. Yep. That's wet. Uh-huh. And yes. He, and he makes it. You got a problem with that, Chuck? He slips. <laughs> he does slip. Once, and he still makes it. Uh-huh. Um, Hang on, he... no. I love, mm. I love that he slips, almost falls to his death, but the piece of paper is conveniently right next to him. It's more important than him, I don't know, hanging on. Yep. So he goes for the paper, and he, and he reads it while hanging on still, and then stuffs it in his pocket. So he gets to the bottom, and he realizes that the what he thought was a person was actually just a discolored rock. It's a rock. Cool. <laughs> but it wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, thousands of rats come out of the cave and are all Why? over the bit. Ba- no idea. Because Why? rats. Why? Because, Why? because rats. He sees up a little ways up. I don't get why he didn't see it on the way down, but he sees a little ways up the cave that he was looking at before, and there's a light inside of it. So he climbs up, goes into the cave, and poof. It's the quote-unquote real Rachel. Ta-da. She had never had kids. She was never married. Um, Nope. Before she was a patient there, she was an employee of the facility. She used to be a doctor. Um, and she tells him basically that he will not be allowed to leave. So here's my no. question. Ben Kinsley's character, Dr. Crawley, states at the end that she was never really there. Do you believe nope. that she was never really there? Don't we see her? Isn't she one of the isn't she the nurse that comes in? No, that's the, the original that's the original Rachel that pretended to be Rachel. She is a nurse. The first girl we saw in the room who her shoes were off, but her feet were fine. They look very similar. She ends up being the nurse that worked there. This character, we don't see after this scene, when she wakes him up and he gets up the next morning after he sleeps, 
She wakes him up and he takes off. We don't see her again. No. But do you think that that actually happened? No. no then no. No. By the end of the movie, no. If we never see her again, then no, I don't believe that it happened. They, the, 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 the two women are, they, they looked similar enough that I was convinced that that was one of the orderlies. Nope. No. Huh. Um, okay. So she's asking if he's if he's seen any nightmares lately that he is being drugged. She's like, "Are you smoking your own cigarettes? Are you drinking any of their coffee?" Oh, so man. basically, everything he's intaking is drugged. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "At least tell me that you've been smoking your own cigarettes." He's yeah. Like, yeah. It was like the the most obvious. No. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like everyone knows what's going on. And then he's oh, like, well, yeah. have you seen my friend? And she's like, Marshall, you have no friends. You don't have any friends. <laughs> he then climbs up the cliff again, climbs back up, starts leaving, starts walking, and one of the officers picks him up. This is the part yep. where they're driving down the road and it looks like they're just in a stationary car and there's a screen on both sides just superimposed that they're superimposed in front of it Um, a little bit and the officer is obviously describing him because he knows him yep without giving it away he's like yeah i know who you are you're just a man of violence and i know that because i'm a man of violence i'm a man of violence his line is god gave us violence and can my violence conquer yours? And he uses the example of if there was, if we were starving and there was food, like a like a plate of food, and I was going to go after it, you would bash my head in, and you would go after the my meat. Yeah. <laughs> like you would eat me. Yeah, and then you might wear wear the skin and then stand in front of a mirror to goodbye horses. This is not. This is not that movie. It's Buffalo Bill. It's Buffalo Bill. It's Buffalo Bill. He was clearly channeling Buffalo Bill. That's the, yes. all I thought about during yes. this entire dialogue yeah. was Buffalo Bill. Yep. It was fantastic. And even like what what he had another line about like if I got if I gouged your eyes out with my teeth or something like that, would you be able to stop me before I killed you? Like what are we yeah. talking about here? Like, like you're go like, ahead and you're try. the warden. <laughs> you're the warden of this <laughs> And you're talking to like him like this? What is going on here? This is so the most weird. corrupt place on the planet. So weird. Uh, it's really weird. So here's where it gets twisty for him. Is he gets into he goes inside oh, it the wasn't twisty before. For it Di- wasn't twisty for us for it was. Before. This is where DiCaprio starts going a little bit more loopy for himself. Because he goes in, he's looking he's talking to Kinsley and he's like, you know, Where's my partner? Where's Chuck? And he's like, he's like, what do you mean we? <laughs> like, yeah. we, Marshall. Like, what are you talking about? You, you, you came here alone. Yeah. And this is the this is the start of them trying to pull him out of what was going on. Um. And he now he's he's back down in one of the war. Or he's he's in one of the rooms. He's in a hallway, and he walks into, um, Nearing the the other German doctor, and. You, you can see that he has a needle in his pocket. And he's like, what is that? He's like, it's a it's a sedative. He's like, what are you going to do? Kill yes. me? So he takes it out and he's like, I was thinking about it. So then he stabs him with the needle and knocks him out. Yep. 
Um, he makes it out. He nobody, nobody to blame but yourself for this. No, you no. you let this prisoner out. You gave him the run of the place. You have nobody to blame but yourself. Nope. You're you're, you're this is all on you. Um. Same thing with the next part. Because he gets outside, he finds his tie. He puts his tie to the gas tank of Kinsley's car, lights it on fire, and kaboom. Boom goes the dynamite. Car is Why? up in flames. Why does he wrap it in a rock first? What do you mean? He grabs a tie, and he finds a pebble or a rock, and he wraps it up and and then why does he wrap it up in the rock first i think he's trying to stuff it into the trying to push it through the gas tank and then have it fall a little ways in so he's using it for weight to to push okay. through because the, there's that little lever i've, in just the ne- gas I've tank. never seen it done that way before i've always seen just you know fabric stuffing into the gas tank light it and run away and boom goes a dynamite i've never seen like wrap it in a rock for I've, okay sure no idea that's just okay. my that's my theory. I could be 100% wrong. No, 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 no. I I like it. Um He gets into another car to drive away and he hears Dolores. Obviously she's in his head. It's not real. Um no. So at this point he heads back to the lighthouse. This time the tides are still up, but he dives into the water, swims across and makes it over. Knocks a guard out. And he goes up the stairs, and every set of stairs, he's breaking into a room to see what's going on. And he gets to the top, and he finds Doctor Crawley there. Doesn't just steal. Doesn't just knock him out. Steals his gun and then knocks him out. Right. It's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. Are you gonna kill me now? And just knocks him out. So he gets to the top, and they're talking. And he is like shaking, like, and he's like, "What do you have me on?" And Crawley's <laughs> like, "I don't have you on anything. Like, you're coming. You're actually coming down. You're detoxing." And he goes, "Why are you all wet, baby?" And he goes, "What did you?" And he and DiCaprio's like, "What did you say?" And he goes, "You know exactly what I said." Then <laughs> uh, he finds out that the rifle is empty. It's a fake. Like, there's no weapons in it. And then enter Chuck. Come to find out, Chuck is Dr. Shaheen. Sheehan. Sheehan. Shaheen. Shaheen, whatever, yeah. Come to find out, he has been here. This is where you find out that he's been there for two years as a patient. He was a U.S. Marshal. The names are anagrams. Um, He is the 67th 67th patient. Um, He has created this entire story in his mind to be a hero and not to be a murderer. Which, uh, it's crazy. Like, to go through what he went through, um, and he goes, if he was not brought back to sanity right now, permanent measures would be taken. This is the part you're talking about, which is why they go to the lobotomy part. Permanent measures would have to be taken to correct this. Um, you, and, you go and, you, and you also you, you get a little bit more information here how he's actively, like, hurting other people. He's hurting orderlies. He's yep. hurting other patients. Right. Everything that happened, you know, in Ward C with that guy, his face half chewed off. All of that happened simply because that patient called him by his, like, given last name. Right. What? And just yep. he lost his mind and attacked him. Okay. Yep. Okay. 
Well, they're trying to talk. Fantastic. And at this point, he's trying to like just talk him into like talk him into reality. Then yeah. he brings out pictures of his kids, and yeah, this triggers something. He begins to remember that everything. Him straight back. It's back. And we get to see everything that happened. He comes home from work. His wife Dolores is out on. Well, yeah, Dolores is out on a like a like a swing, like a garden swing. Yep. And soaking wet. Soaking wet. She gets up, and he, you know, she's talking to him, and he's like, "Where's the kids?" And she's like, "At school." And he's like, "But it's Saturday." And then he sees the kids just floating in the lake. Drowned. I'll, I'll, I'll drown. Drowned. Okay. And he goes okay. in and grabs all three of them. I couldn't even imagine at Neither this point I. in time what is going through his mind. I'm just, you know, I, I've been trying. Well, I, I don't have to because you've already said that you really enjoy this movie. I just, this is why I love Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> like everything that he did in this scene, the way that he just loses his mind. Gone. In yeah. the water. Oh, yeah. Screaming. Just Toast. gone. Like there's, it's fantastic. Dun, dun, dun. It's another level of acting skill. Yeah. And then he gets out, carries them all, lines them all up, lays them all down. Like I, I, I couldn't. I, 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 I it would be. Uh, I went through what something. What if it starts going on about how we can bring them in and dry them off and sit them at the table and have a meal? And he looks dead at her and says, if you've ever loved me, don't say another word. Like, like his voice is trembling, tears running down his face, clearly <clears throat> losing it. And just begs her not to say anything else. And what does she do? She keeps on talking. So yep. it then goes on about we can have a picnic. Yep. And then he just shoots her. Just shoots her. <laughs> now all four of them are lying in a row dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can understand why he would be psychotic. So could I. I, I completely understand why he's psychotic. 100%. Um, and I wrote my notes. I said he truly remembers everything. And then he, this is yeah. where he's told they broke through nine months before, and then he regressed. Um, then he admits that my name is Andrew Latus. I murdered my wife in the spring of 1952. And you see that he's, you know, adding up to, he's admitting everything. Yep. Next day, he's sitting on the steps of one of the wards. Um, Chuck or Dr. Shaheen walks, walks over, sits down and he goes, okay. Cause he calls him boss for the whole thing. He's like, okay, boss, what's the next move? Yeah. And DiCaprio's character says, you tell me, mm -hmm. we need to get off this rock, Chuck and back to the mainland, wherever it's going, whatever is going on here. It's bad. Yeah. And he's like, we need, either oh, yeah. we, he's like, we either, we live as a monster. He goes, we live he said, I don't want to live as a monster and die as a good man. So this is the part where then he gets up. You see them carrying the, the doctors coming over with the, the, the lobotomy tool. Yep. He just the gets spike. up. Yep. He just gets up and follows them out. He, okay. He doesn't follow. He leads the way. 
Well, he's going with them. That's what I mean. Yes, but you're right. He he. But it's important. He's leading the way. Yeah. Like he knows what's about to happen, and he's just going along with it. Yep. Right. And then they. they and I said sh- this at the beginning. I I personally think that he's he's just done. He's mm. done living with this. He's it's it's he's done. He has no reason to live in so, his mind anymore. In his mind, he's like, no, I have zero. my family is zero. gone. I'm stuck here. I would rather just be gone. Yeah, pretty much. So they show a shot of the lighthouse because that's where all that stuff ha- that's where all that stuff takes place. And roll credits. The end. That's all she wrote. The end. Just want to say this was a fantastic, engaging conversation with you, Will. I don't know where Lee was at all this entire conversation. <laughs> I'm right he, he here. is clearly exhausted. <laughs> I've had three hours of sleep, Clearly and it's already exhausted. tomorrow now. <laughs> We're nine minutes into tomorrow. I'm the same way. I had three and a half hours of sleep last night. Mm. Um, well, all right. So I personally loved this film. From day one when I? I watched it, I thought this film, even if it wasn't for DiCaprio, I think Scorsese did a great job filming this, directing this film. Um, overall, like this whole film was just, it was fantastically written. It was beautifully shot. Um, there was even shots like when he's walking through one of the big rooms and it's raining out and you see the rain dripping in, like spilling into the room mm. and you see the mist on the floor spraying up. It, it's, it, it's so well done except yeah. for those two scenes. It's so well done. Um, yeah. And I'm thoroughly impressed with this film. Thoroughly impressed with this film. Lee? I I enjoyed it before, not so much this time around. I don't know why. Maybe I just didn't have the time. I was kind of watching it just to watch it weeks ago, but then we didn't talk about it. Um, so I was watching it like before work, on lunch break, after work, like just bit, bits and pieces to kind of get through and catch up. Um, I I picked up all the pieces and everything of the story, but. It just wasn't as as engaged this time, so I don't really, I can't really give a real justified, um, just answer on it. It wasn't bad. I just nothing really stood out. Like I, I knew what was coming. Nothing surprised me. I didn't pick up anything new. So, I may or may not watch the movie again. Okay. Well. Any last thoughts? I love this movie. Listen, there are there are a couple of holes that we went over. There's absolutely zero reason why any facility at any period in time during, like, even the dawn of psychiatric care would allow an inmate to have the complete run of a facility. I just think the concept is ridiculous and mind-boggling. It makes no sense. It's irresponsible on a lot of different levels. There's probably some malpractice going on here, I would assume. Probably. But you have to kind of, you got to ignore all that and just take it at face value for what it is. The shining light in this movie, like every other movie that he's in, is Leonardo DiCaprio for me. I he I can't say enough good things about him in almost everything that almost everything that he's in, um, especially here when he's playing somebody that's this psychotic. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, and again, I, I'll, I'll say this: another one of my favorite movies by Martin Scorsese has always been uh, Taxi Driver. I just think that the way that he deals with like post-traumatic stress and you know uh, Vietnam vet in that movie, there's mm-hmm. a lot of mirroring going on here. The way that he deals with 
psychological issues, depression, anger, uh, trauma. I just think he has such a unique way of looking at things like that and shining this blaring light on, hey, this really big problem with mental illness going on, maybe we should do something about it. And he's done it twice in his career. Yeah. And both times the movies were fantastic. And I really appreciate things like that. But that's 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 about it. I, everything else I had to say, I said throughout the course of the uh, of the podcast. But yeah. this is, um yeah, this is... This is up there on my list for uh, for Scorsese films. I, I will say that. Not at the top, but it's up there. So right. I would pretty much agree with almost everything you said, except Yay. for the everything that he does, he's the shining light. Um, I do have a, I do, since I watched um, Catch listen, Me If You Can, I listen. do have a newfound respect for him, but DiCaprio still isn't my favorite actor out there. But he did a, I will give credit where credit is due, and I thought that he did shine in this film. I thought it was, I thought okay. he was beautiful. Not beautiful. He he was a beautiful actor. He was beautiful. Yes. He was beautiful. He acted yes. phenomenally in this yes. film. So with that said, I think I'm good to go if you guys are. Yeah, I'm done. All right, everyone. Have a fantastic night, guys. Yes. We will good see night, you later. everybody. Peace out.